Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hello, welcome back to another Walking with the Archetypes episode. I'm Ivan and uh, it's Indian summer here. Warm day, it's just very lovely. This earlier today we had a lot of moisture in the air and uh, this feeling of waking up in the morning with uh, the crisp, misty air is actually something that I really like and uh, there's a Christmas in general today so I'm just really happy to be out with you now after having sat in front of my computer for hours today I'm going to speak about some principles derived from working with a young guy. Uh, one of my favorite clients just really love this guy and how willing he is to grow. And he came to me a couple of months back wanting to integrate the Black Knight. He had read an article back on MasculinityMovies.com, David Data and the Three Knights of Byron John, where I explore a tripartite or a sequential three-step model for masculine development. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you have been very familiar or become very familiar with the red and the white and the black knight. I'm going to explore more the black knight today and what he has learned about embodying the black knight as we have been working together. So this is going to be um, really a treat for me. This man has given me full permission to share, though I will do some modification in order to preserve his privacy. But yeah, it's gonna be a treat and uh, let's dive in. So before we dive in, let's take an inventory of the rise of tyranny in the world since last Friday. The Biden administration in the United States is mandating a vaccination for all federal employees. It is possible for them to do testing, weekly testing, at least for now, though I do believe that the cost for those will be on them. The Biden administration is also mandating any company with more than 100 employees in all of the United States to forcefully vaccinate or test their employees. British newspaper The Daily Mail reports that 15,000 Australians are trying to flee Australia every month due to the rise of draconian lockdown regimes and tyranny in general. But they're struggling to leave and we'll see how the situation in Australia evolves but they're being stopped from leaving. They are currently being forced to stay in the prison state of Australia. In Canada, reports are telling me that people are being stopped from working out in their own garden for safety 
because obviously lifting some weights in your garden is going to kill your neighbors. The Toronto Sun reports that in Ontario more than 100 youth have been sent to hospital with vaccine-related heart problems, while vaccines are being pushed to children across the world all the way down to 12 years old. In other news, France has mandated the use of vaccine passports to be able to shop in certain malls, and we now see reports that people who entered these malls without vaccine passports are being brutally assaulted and beaten to the ground by police. Finally, in the state of Texas, the conservative government has introduced new draconian anti-abortion legislation. In this new law, anyone who is aware of a woman who has had an abortion after the six weeks time designated by the law, they can sue them for up to $10,000. Opening up for a kind of bounty hunter that is hunting down women who have had an abortion after six weeks. Furthermore, the plaintiff can sue anyone else who aided or abetted this mother, whether a taxi driver, some medical professional, and get $10,000 from them as well, leading one bounty hunter to be pursuing up to tens of thousands of dollars for each case. So this is a brief update on the rise of the Shadow King in the world and why it is on us now to rise up, become sovereign, and to ensure the coming of the more beautiful world. So when I wrote this article, David Data and the Three Knights of Iron John, must be a decade ago by now, or close to it. This was back on my old website, masculinitymovies.com. I, um, I was seeing parallels between different models of development that had really spoken to my heart. As so many men of my generation, I have been moved by Robert Bly's Iron John, and in this uh, fairy tale uh, that he uh, he has created his whole narration around, in this fairy tale there's a there's a prince that goes through a sequence of dressing up and riding horses of different colors, and he's being provided these horses and this armor by the wild man that lives deep in the woods. And so he starts out in the red armor and the red horse and moves on to the, the white and then finally towards the black. And Robert Bly, he, he spins a very good yarn, a developmental yarn around this. And it's something along the lines, to repeat already what I've shared with you previously, that we're born into the very primal, very incarnated, like the bodily, instinctual red and then this is this is for men and then we moving into the more attuned and sensitive more civilized noble just stage of the white and then the ultimate destination for a warrior is to become the black knight the one who has eaten his shadows as robert bly would say and really managed to unite the polarity of the previous two and David Data's uh, stage conception, 
I won't go deeply into that now, but it's basically very similar to what I just shared. That was also something that I was interested in at the time. And so I wrote this article because that seemed like an inspiring thing for me to do. And since a lot of men have found resonance uh, with these ideas, it's been one of my most popular teachings. And so this man found the old article in MasculinityMovies.com and he felt drawn to, to work with me. And this was a man who early in his life had been pursuing everything that he wanted in a, in a red way, not being very civilized, and then gradually moving into the white, being more proper, withholding his instinctual desires and being less chaotic, right? And in that place, he was having certain relational challenges and he wanted the black knight in his life. A lot of the time, the way for a contemporary man to move towards the black knight, the integrated mature masculinity, it is actually by way of the red knight, which is why embracing your violence, embracing your inner rapist, embracing your inner sadist, not to express it, obviously, but to bring awareness to it. Because the moment that you bring awareness to it, it starts to alchemize and it becomes a resource. It becomes a power rather than something that has power over you. So that's the way that most contemporary men need to go. Because when, when we're not willing to actually look that in the face, it actually ends up dominating our whole life experience. And so the more a man tries to be nice, the more these violent impulses that are just stirring around in the basement of his being, for the most part, he will direct them towards himself. But one day, when things just became a little bit too much, he may explode outwards and do something that his life will never recover from. Which is obviously why I've been repeating ad nauseum that being a nice guy is very dangerous. This guy, on the other hand, he had actually lived a lot of his red, which is kind of rare for contemporary men. We try to circumvent it, a lot of us. And um, as, as we were going deeper, it became clear to me that this was a man who was quite a bit like myself. In that earlier in my life, I really controlled myself a great deal. I didn't want my emotions to run away with me. I wanted chaos to be transmuted into order in my life. But nevertheless, my life was very chaotic internally. Um, this creates a certain kind of rigidity in us as men. When we're trying to find peace by just basically freezing up we kind of go into a lock a locking or a holding pattern where the big emotions are things that i'm not willing to deal with and a lot of us when we are in that place we move towards meditation and so in an effort to deal with this red 
this man so much like myself. It's fun to see how similar my clients can be to myself a lot of the time. He um, he has really delved deep into meditation. And we were exploring initially uh, if, if he already had access to this integrated black knight. And as we move into altered states, uh, helped by meditation practice, we can get this feeling of embodying a, a deep, deep sense of power. And so that may feel like the Black Knight. But then the funny thing is that that power can only be available to us when we're actually in some kind of altered state or we're doing some kind of meditation practice. And the moment we leave it, we lose it. So many people that do spirituality do it because you are running away from your red. Say as a man, you're running away from your red and so you're running into spirituality in an effort to take control over the chaos, to take control over the feminine actually, the feminine chaos that you can't deal with and you're just like, oh, breathe with me, woman. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't take your emotions, but breathe with me. Um, so we were there and then experiencing with him, I was experiencing with him that actually this is not your black knight because the black knight is a fully embodied man so as it was starting to become clearer that the spiritual power that he felt was actually not really his per se it was more like a borrowed power that becomes available when he's in an altered state this is when the normal identity structure is set aside and you get some kind of archetypal infusion into your being and you start to feel like you have access to a power, but it's not really yours, see? You're borrowing it because you're in, altered, you're in an altered state. And we're starting to discover that with him. And then the question was, where is your actual Black Knight? If this is just your borrowed power from some kind of spiritual state experience you're having and it's actually taking you further away from yourself on some level, where is the Black Knight expression that takes you closer home, closer home to yourself? And how does this connect with how we relate with our emotions? And we've had a hell of a journey together over the last several months him and I and after the break I'm going to explore what he has recently discovered so I'll talk to you in a moment after our seeds of sanctuary ceremony on August the 22nd our new community platform sanctuary is officially open Sanctuary is a place free from big tech censorship and all kinds of woke bullshit and toxic narratives. This is a place where like-minded souls from the whole world, men and women both, gather to have deep inquiries into cutting-edge topics and to get support to rise in life in this difficult time. 
So join us here if you want access to free group coaching once per month, paid memberships, powerful rituals, and great community. Register to Sanctuary now on innerthrone.com slash sanctuary. Welcome. Hey, welcome back. It's time to keep exploring this journey that this resourceful, young, entrepreneurial, strong, athletic, very successful man has been on with the Black Knight. So I explored with you before the break this idea of going into spiritual altered states to get access to borrowed power and how we may start to think that we're more of a badass than we actually are because in those moments of being deep into meditation our normal identity patterns will fall away and we will often feel uh, an influx of archetypal energy some kind of other than normal states of consciousness and as we were exploring that, no, actually, this meditation experience that you're having is not the Black Knight. This is actually more of a moving away from yourself. As that was becoming clear, some new light bulbs were starting to, to go on for him. And we were choosing then to go in a different direction. Because it wasn't about spirituality or to, to reach some attainment in my relationship with God. That wasn't it. It also didn't seem to be anything connected to controlling or managing my experience. Like myself, this man has a tendency of being hard with himself if he's having a um, an experience that he considers to not be very strong, you know. And so there's an inner... Um, corrective voice that says you know this isn't good you should be doing it this way very 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 common and he has that as well so then when that when that becomes clear in a man that he has this self-punitive mechanism that is demanding him to be more powerful or stronger this this patriarchal inner critic to say saying you know don't be a sissy be strong we're not actually in Black Knight territory at all. Before the break, I was sharing with you how the Black Knight is the integration of the red and the white. And so the red is that instinctual power, but the white is those more sensitive, tender parts. So it became clear that the lack of flow around this part of his life and his intimate life was related to his innocence living in exile inside of him and over the last several weeks we have been visiting with that innocence accepting that yeah I'm I'm scared I'm scared of being hurt I'm scared of not looking good I'm scared of being disliked. And rather than clamp down on it and freeze a sheath of ice on top of it, I just feel it completely. 
And in that, I start to come closer with my innocence. The Black Knight, an internal reality that I haven't integrated. I may have flashes of it, and I'm certainly moving closer with every month and year, but this is a high level of achievement. And this achievement will never, ever come from a place of bypassing, circumventing, managing, which is to say that any kind of fear, any kind of vulnerability that you feel in life needs to be included in the experience of your power. You will not have authentic, wholesome power by bypassing your vulnerability. Authentic, wholesome power includes your vulnerability. This is where the Black Knight comes in. And so the last time we spoke, just a few days ago, I was delighted to hear, and I was seeing it in his old body and being, his energy, a different quality of being more at ease with himself. And he, he, I was so delighted to hear this. He was starting to feel more of an authentic access to this Black Knight expression. And that will be years and decades of further refining that expression. Because whenever we up-level, we've climbed to a new floor of the building, so to speak. In our new geography, greater challenges arrive in our life. Because that what, that's what it means, you see. When you grow, you're actually inviting greater challenges. So it never becomes easier. That's the blessing and the curse of a human life. It never becomes easier because when you up-level, so do the challenges that fill your life. And now I'm in the dojo, embracing my power, innocence and vulnerability all at the same time. I'd like to remind you of Katsumoto in The Last Samurai. the elite warrior that spent his whole life looking for the perfect cherry blossom. This most delicate, beautiful, tender thing, these fragile petals of a cherry blossom were the true goal of his life, to find them. This is a beautiful, beautiful teaching the most elite warriors draw their power from their pursuit of beauty. This is what makes them black knights. And with this man, he's now taken a big step in the direction of making this a reality in his life. And as this mature warrior archetype takes hold inside of him, the boundaries of his kingdom and thus his sovereignty firm up and the level of influence and impact he's able to have deepens and the capacity to be with and celebrate beauty, vulnerability, innocence will grow immeasurably and this is the life of a sovereign man. And that's what I have for you today. Let's return to nature.
yeah, so that's it for today. We're just noticing here as I'm walking back through the woods that the rumors that there is some kind of disease on the oak trees here in the Stockholm region seem, uh, seem accurate. Because the, the oak trees here have this, uh, they're all kind of half dried up the leaves. And it's not drought related, I don't think. There's a brown and looking like old parchment parts of the leaves. So, well, that's a shame. I feel sad about the oaks struggling. As they are my favorite tree! I love the oaks. And, well, it is what it is. <sighs> Between ending the recording of the main part of this podcast and this recording I'm making now, I spent about an hour writing out a prayer. I feel called to pray more. I feel called to be a lot more deliberate in my connection with the divine, with God. I think it's because I grew up with Christianity and then moved away from it into Buddhism that this word God has felt a bit funky to me. But I actually, I think it's a good word. I like it. So praying to God seems like a really good idea to feel support from something higher than myself. To intentionally, willfully set aside my mind and ego as the ultimate authorities of my life. Because they're so puny, man. I mean, they're great, they're great tools, but in the grand scheme of things, this mind of mine, which I've taken so much identity from, it's so puny. What a puny mind. <laughs> How few mysteries it truly can comprehend compared to all of the ones that exist. Like even these woods that I'm walking through, all of the interconnected systems. Like there isn't a person in this world that understands what's going on here, truly. How everything interacts, the mycelian networks and the general fungi and trees and undergrowth, bushes, insects, birds, the deer and beavers and all kinds of badgers, all kinds of wildlife. The true miracle of the ecosystem. What a silly idea that a mind can comprehend this. Holy crap, this dissociation from participation in the miracle of life, in humbling myself to the divine, in praying to God and becoming part of something greater, to join in with the harmonic frequency, the resonance of life itself, and to become part of that. Now isn't that something that's worth praying for? Yeah. So yeah, there are some cars here. I'm walking back to my car. And as much as I love the miracle of these woods, I love myself a car as well. I would even love a nicer car than I have. 
So, well, that was a quick little transition from the sacred to the profane here towards the end. And I hope that you have yourself a great weekend. Thank you for listening in and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.